Unscripted Gaming. My name is Ray, and uh, joined by my illustrious co-hosts, it's going to be Josh and Mike. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. What up? Hey, hi, hello, how are you? Gentlemen, what's, it's what's, that... What's good? It's that time of the year again. We're, uh... Josh is, is it, finally right? back. I'm back. We oh. rescued him from the, uh... He got folded up into a uh, those beds that go up into the wall. Yes, <laughs> he was, I was stuck I was, there for three months. I was stuck in Finally a room for three months. We found him, boys. Wow. Yeah. We're the last generation of people that will understand that joke. Our kids won't get that. Because no one that's has probably a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's for the better. <laughs> I had a conversation with somebody just yesterday about her and her waterbed that she used to have and you know my parents had a waterbed when I was growing up I'm like my kids will never understand the the amazing horrors of a waterbed back in the 80s where people just make coked out ideas and one of them was like no. what if a bed but full of water now the only ideas we have today are what if ugly monkey <laughs> Um, and what if Lazy Susan was problematic? I don't know who Lazy Susan is. What's the name of the thing in your kitchen that spins around? Where you put all the pots and pans on? It's, it's, called, what, what, it's called Lazy Susan. Why, why would it be problematic? Oh my gosh, there's a story here. That's the, that's the joke. Okay, okay. okay. Just go, never oh, go on. Okay. Lazy Susans are canceled. <laughs> <laughs> We're canceling Lazy Susan. You heard it here, people. Um... It is that time of year. 2021 has passed, and uh, we got all the major holidays out of the way, up to and including MLK Day. And we are going to talk about, uh, Josh and Mike are going to talk about their five favorite games. And I'll just mention at the end what my top five favorite games are, but in no particular mm -hmm. order. Josh and Mike, though, are going in order of what their top five, starting with number five and going up to their number one, what they think was the game of 2021. So, we're going to start this off uh, since he's been all gone for a while. Josh, what's your number five? All right. So, my number five was a bit of a race to the bottom this year. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the disrespect of the people that worked on this game. Yeah, what was the least suck-ass game we had to play I mean, this year? I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I played maybe about nine or ten 2021 releases in this calendar year. And one through four fell into place pretty well. And then I literally have been thinking all day what number five is going to be. And I'm, I'm going to make a game time decision. All right. Um, num my number five game of the year is Paw Patrol Adventure City Calls, the movie, the game. <laughs> we need to talk. Okay. It's not. It's not actually. But. Okay. All right. <laughs> so now you're lying. I do have problems with that game, though. It's good and bad at the same time and our kids deserve better. Um, no, but for real, I think my game five of the year is 12 minutes. Um, okay. That is that time loop game made by one person with uh, Daisy Ridley, Willem Dafoe, and um, what's his nuts? Uh, Professor Xavier from the young X-Men. James McAvoy. James McAvoy. Wow. Um, and, you know, I... I I think I talked about this a little bit. Now, my, my wife has played most of the game, but I've helped her with some of the puzzles and, and seen some, you know, content about some of the late stage stuff. She hasn't quite finished it yet. Um, but, you know, 
it is a time loop game where you're playing as the the James McAvoy character, you're you're the husband, and you are basically experiencing the same 12 minute segment over and over again and trying to figure out what's going on and solve some weird mystery that's happening and this game has been in development for a very long time and I want to say the first that I heard about it was like 2013 2014 and it has gone through a lot of iterations a lot of changes over the time and I like the concept and I like what they were doing but boy did he not execute on the, the time loop mechanics very well. Uh -oh. It is a very, very exhausting and frustrating game in, in the way that it does not give you any ways to really skip through areas that you've done before when you kind of get into that area of like, oh, I'm going to keep doing this because I need, to, I need to find that new thing. You still have to go through every single sequence and segment again and again and again and it just it gets exhausting and and from what i've seen the the, the plot twist at the end is also pretty it, it, it's not great but you know it was a it was an okay game and great cast interesting story but boy is is it's hard to say hey i want to hear more about this story when the game is just so damn frustrating to play well we're off to a very tepid start. Mike, hmm. you're number five? Yes, I can do that. Uh, I would just like to mention that uh, this year's top five is sponsored by uh, a game that is my actual game of the year because it's the game that I played the most okay. during the year. This is Mike's top five brought to you by Destiny 2. Uh, <laughs> the Witch Queen coming out at the uh, uh, you know, February 22nd pre-order now. I will do no such thing. Uh, um, my uh, number five game is uh, the sensation that has been sweeping the nation uh, and has started <laughs> discourse about your dumb tweets about the green squares and cubes. Uh, it's a game called Wordle. And okay. it's a pretty fun little game. Uh, me dumb. Me not good word game. Uh, but me like Wordle. Um need five letters make word you get six guess try guess five word five letter word in six guess uh um if you and when you try to input a guess it will tell you if the letter is in the word or if it's in the correct spot or and or if it's in the correct spot um and it just changes every day it's fun to like see how everyone else does it like whatever how everyone got to it whether they got it or not like who's on a streak if someone got it in like two guesses or something really early you know it's fun and uh it's free and it, the word changes every day and uh yeah that's that's wordle is wordle you've probably heard I, about it by now can i can i change my game five you, you <laughs> may not yes, you no can. i'm sorry you can you, <laughs> you chose a five out of ten for your game of the I, year. as the other only as the other other person ranking a top five here um, you know, you, that is a Ray has a non-binding vote here. Uh, I say you can do it, Josh. We're just gonna we're gonna strike through twelve minutes and we're gonna hand draw Wordle on that one. I might actually do that if I have some time this weekend. <laughs> just like. Anyways, uh, so we're we're starting off with a game that Josh is unsure if is actually good or not, and Mike naming a what's clearly a word puzzle and not a game. 
So this is the it's oddest. This is the oddest 2021 uh, game of the year show. Uh, in it's existence. a game. That's like saying Tic Tac Toe is not a game. It's like yes, it is. It's like counter argument. Yes, it is. Now I would call Tic Tac Toe a game because you play it with people. Yeah, it's not like I said the New York Times crossword was. You might as well have <laughs> like actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Josh, you're number four, please. It's it's almost as if 2021 was a year impacted. Yeah, my game of the year is the is the word search on the back of highlights back. <laughs> That's my game of the year. My uh, the doctor's office. My game of the year is ball and cup. Just you know, That's all I've been doing. Ball and cup. I really thought it was gonna be. I really thought it was gonna be stick and hoop down cobblestone street, but no. <laughs> Josh, your number four, uh, please. My number four um, game that I haven't actually been able to talk about on the podcast at all, just be given my little leave of absence there, but it is the newest edition in the Dark Pictures Anthology series, uh, their title House of Ashes. Um, I will say of the, of the games from this studio, and, and especially in the Dark Pictures anthology that they've done this is the best entry in that part of the franchise and honestly is pretty up there with um their first entry and the name is escaping me right now until um, dawn until dawn yes i you know it's it's on that level of of in terms of the intrigue and whatnot obviously the game still is suck ass to play the controls are terrible um, what is it, this list it will always be that way <laughs> I hate the quick time events. I'm terrible at them. My wife hates how bad I am at them. And it has definitely gotten me killed on more than one occasion um, because my reaction times are very slow. But the the story and the intrigue that is, is occurring, the characters that are in this game, I think are some of the strongest that they've had in a long time. And um, in, in terms of the, the payoff of the story, the last few have gone the route of there's this really cool paranormal thing that happens oh it's actually all just in their fucking mind which sucks and I hated it and it's it was the terrible. worst it's the lamest plot twist yeah. the real the enemy was in here the whole time it's so dumb no yes but but this this game they actually pay off in a, in a very strong way and be like no dude fucking weird shit is happening and that's it so um you know you, you you follow a group of american soldiers in iraq during the end you know right right after saddam had surrendered who fall upon this ancient ruin and the Ooh. ancient evil that was buried in there Ooh. and uh you know it's 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 really good it, i really enjoyed it um like i said again Still a terrible like game in terms of like the controls and whatnot. It's not what they're known for, but the the story, everything about it, very good. Um, yeah, so that's game number four. Game number four, a game that Josh physically hates playing. Excellent, <laughs> Mike, you're number four. <laughs> uh, I'm here to start fights on the Game of the Year podcast, folks. My number four game is Metroid Dread. That's really low. I don't know what to say. That's pretty low on that list. All right. I mean, I played through it once. Uh, I liked some of the shooting. Yep. I think hunting for secrets and stuff like that is not super fun. Ooh. Um, 
I thought the story was okay. Uh, and I think I played through it. I had a decent time with it. I don't think I'm going to play it again. Okay, I respect that opinion. I, that, that That's fine. Um, wait, is that is that all you got to say, like, on Metroid? That's game? right, yes. That's all I have to say. Well, shit. We off to number three, then. Josh, you're number three. I... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> just need a minute to gain, regain my composure. He just slapped uh, him with a wet fish, ladies and gentlemen. Just, the Metroid Man 1352 needs a thir 352 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, God, I can't even. Game number three of the year for me, Inscription. Okay. All right. It's a card game. It's cool. I <laughs> I have more to say about this game, but I'm 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 angry at Mike, so I want to be mean to. Him. I I yeah. you're angry uh, because we Josh was live streaming his playthrough the other day, and he might have um as the kids call it fucked up, and a yep. good laugh was had by all. Yes. So inscription, very good game, very fun. I mean, I've only been playing it for like a week or so and I you know I've already gone through several runs I very much enjoy the game um grabbing my ghoulies I hate it but as some of you may have been able to parse over the years um I don't live in the world of subtext at all I live in the world of very big bold text impact font text <laughs> I know cowards so I, mean, <laughs> I do know so people that use subtext and they're all cowards <laughs> I will, I will tell you that it took me an embarrassingly long amount of time for me to, like, pick up what the stoat was throwing down and do the thing he was asking me to. Still do the thing, and then, all right? And then the game was giving me some clues, and then Ray was saying, like, Josh, this is a clue. Do this thing. And it went over my head. So I went on a god-tier run and still did not beat the game because I forgot to do the thing uh, because it, I missed it. So um, it's a fun game, but, you know, the, the intrigue and the mystery is sometimes lost on people who live in impact font 64 point text like me. So for that reason, it stays at number three. I respect that. I respect it a lot. Well, um, that's an interesting number three. Mike, uh, what is your number? Actually, uh, Mike is number three. Go for it. Yes, uh, my number three is a little game called The First Half of Resident Evil Village. Man, that <laughs> did come out in 2021, didn't it? It sure did. Yeah. Uh, and hey, the, I, the first half of Resident Evil Village is a really great game. Yep. You get chased around a castle by the big vampire lady. You get your hand chopped off and it... And probably one of the most like impactful scenes of the year that still just cracks me up when I think about it, because like Resident Evil, like that's why I like this this the, specifically the first half of Resident Evil Village here is so great because it because yeah. horror sometimes has like really great horror is almost has like comedic timing mm -hmm. in a sense and like kind of comedic anticipation and buildup, um, and. It's just like it's horrifying when you know you get your hand chopped off 
trying to put open the elevator, but it's really funny. <laughs> and it just, it's so, it, it, it pings, it, it like hits that tone perfectly. Like the game isn't like, like ha ha, like it's not like a comedy trying, it's not trying to make you laugh, but it like it knows it's kind of funny, but it's only funny if it plays it straight. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's like how the Hitman games are funny. Like, you need Agent Forty Seven to be the perfect like sh- for straight, straight man for the comedy of that game to work. Yeah, he's very um, stoic. Uh, and then the you know the second half of the first half of Resident Evil Eight Village uh, is uh, a very very good just horror terrifying sequence that is just was super effective and very good uh the rest of the game sucks and was not fun to play i wouldn't say sucks i would say let down compared to the very big highs of the first two section and then it's like it's like you you know the the first two sections are just like you're coming down from that roller coaster hill and the rest of the ride is just like just kind of coasting yeah, and just you know, they they build up to this whole my man's been fungus the whole time plot twist, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, this would have been more impactful if I hadn't wanted to kill myself after the, <laughs> the last hour of playing. Like, can I be fungus too? The, please, the last so I can die. I I will agree with you. The last like I don't know four hours of that game is four hours too long. <laughs> it it didn't need I to agree. be that long. But boy, let me tell you, the first half of Resident Evil 8 Village is, dare I say, a top three game of the year. Agree. Uh, Josh, what is your number two? Um, <clears throat> let me, let me, I need to pull up the um, pronunciation for this, this game. It's a, it's a little indie title, um, something I found that was pretty, uh, pretty unique. It's called Halo Infinite. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hollow oh ha- Infinite from this little studio called Trace Quattro Trace. Activision Blizzard. <laughs> the parent company of Activision Blizzard. It's true. <laughs> we'll talk um, about that no. next week. At time, time of recording. At time of recording. Yes. Soon to be. <laughs> Coming to Game Pass near you. Uh, mm-hmm. No, Halo Infinite. Um, you know, that... That that I want to say what was it a month early the the multiplayer dropped mm-hmm. and you know kind of took everybody a little by surprise. Now I haven't actually sat down and played the um, the campaign yet, but um, I hear good things about it. But to sit here and be talking about in you know the year of our Savior Gaben. 2022 mm-hmm. about playing Halo, putting multiple hours into Halo, and you know Halo taking the spot of the game that our friend group plays and that a new generation has has come to appreciate here is something that if you told me six months ago was going to happen, I would have told you, yeah, sure, Halo Infinite's coming out, but like it's not it's not going to be that good. I even think we had this discussion. A year ago when they first delayed Halo and you know they they said oh it's not gonna be a launch title just like this game is, it's, it's not they're not gonna be able to oh, Ray, who remembers ahead. Craig that's all I gotta say everyone remembers Craig 
we <laughs> we love Chris. I love I love that brute face. Just that. Mm. <laughs> it's not great. They fixed it though. He... They did. I mean, and I, you know, I will say, and this this is obviously Microsoft and 343 have a lot more money than most people. But I mean, you know, you want to talk about a good example of slowing down taking the time to take feedback and criticism and do something right instead of just saying hey we've got to get this game out the door we've got marketing deals with taco bell and whatnot like i can't remember exactly but i know there was a lot of things that i saw out in the world that had the mr halo on it when halo was nowhere near coming out so you know there were a lot of things that were in play and and we talk about on on the podcast a lot about you know take the time make it good try and execute your vision don't just say hey we've got to hit these deadlines we got to get it out the door and you know i it's good to see that 343 and, and microsoft are being rewarded for that with such a good reception and and you know being able to capture that halo feel but still feel relevant and modern today. You know, I, I think it's very easy to have done what they kind of did with Halo 4 and 5 and try and do the same thing and, and get a tepid reception and not be <laughs> not not be successful. And I, I think this is also a bit of a success story for Game Pass and for the free-to-play model just like hey make the games available now obviously there's problems with the microtransactions and what they what they've got going on there but just making the game available to a wider audience and, and an audience that might not have been exposed to halo in the past a, a mm-hmm. primarily pc audience a younger audience i you know it's it has been refreshing to see those business models and those decisions being rewarded in such a way and and playing a fun game at the time you know it, it's something where pretty much anytime this group is together we're, we're jumping into halo these days it's true i think that's a I think that's a good number two so uh mike what's your number two uh my number two is gonna come out of nowhere because i haven't really talked about it at all okay uh but i really enjoy it it's a game on the switch called boomerang x oh okay and it's kind of like an action combat uh, arena type thing. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever played a game called Devil Daggers, where it's just you are in an arena, it spawns a bunch of guys, and you just fight forever. But this is like a basically like a narrative. There's like a little bit of narrative version of that, but you have a boomerang and you throw the boomerang you hit guys if you kill enough guys you spawn a new wave and you're like a jumping around and eventually you like get the ability to like teleport yourself to the boomerang or like shoot lasers from it if you get enough kills in the air before you hit the ground and then so you're like doing like like really quickly you're like flying all over the place and like zipping around and doing slow-mo to do like snipe shots and just like the art style is really cool too so um i've really enjoyed it i think it's a really really cool game uh i've been playing it on the switch i'm not exactly certain where else it is uh, but it's on steam i just looked it up steam yeah i'm sure yeah i would steam would probably be a great place to play it too because it's a really cool style and i bet it would look great on steam um not that it doesn't look good or work well on the switch but i bet it would look great on steam 
and uh, it's just when it clicks, it just oh, it feels so good. Uh, you know, I lo you know I love it when an action game clicks, and this one feels really good. And you can just feel it; just feels really cool to play, and just the environments are really cool, and it's just a very video game ass video game, and it's super fun. I'm uh, I really like it. I'm really glad to hear you uh, propped up an, an indie game from published by the good people at Devolver Digital because they can't they they don't miss okay. If it's got that DD seal of approval, you're getting quality. Is that's how I like to view things. It's true. So, sorry, I really respect Devolver Digital as a company. <clears throat> uh, as an aside, I told this to Josh a little while ago. I one time tried to apply at Devolver Digital, and it's definitely one of those companies where, don't worry, we'll reach out to you if we need your service. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Oh. <laughs> if 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 you can work here you will work here oh so. hey, i respect that uh josh yep. it is time for your number one what is your 2021 game of the year so coming out of left field um my 2021 game of the year pokemon snap I don't, know if you're, uh -huh. I don't know if you're joking or not. Uh -huh. Yes, I'm, I'm very much joking. Oh, okay. Like, you could be serious. I just don't know. No, no, no. The the Metroid Man is going to pick Metroid Dread as his 2021 game of the year. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. You want to tell us why? Yeah, no, I, and I don't think I really got to talk much about, uh, you know, part of the reason I was absent from the podcast for a while is I was moving houses and, and had a lot going on and, and whatnot in, in the last right around the time Metroid Dread launched um, but it's just anything that I thought that that game could or would have been it, it really delivered on those aspects now I'm not saying the game is perfect you know uh, it took me an embarrassingly long amount of time to learn that you could even attempt to parry the Emmys. Did not know that was a thing. I just thought, like, when they grabbed you, oh, it was done, and you had to go back. And that was a very frustrating mechanic. And then I learned you could do it, and um, still was bad at it because, you know, not good at time. Yeah, that's not a big window. No. See, you have two of those 60 frames to make it happen. Yep. And it switches. And, and it changes. It's not a solid uh, time frame. Yep. Yeah, and, that was and, all the thing, too. It was uh, they know they, they, the hezzy step. They got you. Yeah. Which way am I going? See, see previous comments about uh, um, quick time events. I'm not not very good at them. So even when I learned that that was a mechanic that worked. Um, I got great. Cool. Uh, that, that's cool for some people, just not me. The trick um, is to not get caught by the Emmys, I think, is what they're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the real that's the real business right there. Um, but you know, problems aside, like you know, every every game has its little little quirks like that and and, and whatnot. But I, I appreciated them taking a design choice and, and sticking with you know saying like, hey, we're gonna enter this semi unique mechanic, and it's not just like, oh, hey, take your Wiimote and point it at the screen to fire missiles. Um, you know, I I felt like the controls were exactly as tight as I was hoping they would be, and you know, a lot of the problems that I felt with uh, Metroid 2 remake on 
mm-hmm. DS are, you know, definitely answered by being on the proper Switch controller with the um, with a proper joystick. And I did, I played it, I played be, because of the logistics of the moving, I did play it in three separate modes. I did play on the couch with a pro controller mm. with joy cons and in handheld mode and honestly i liked it each way i i found all three ways to play that game enjoyable i will say that the original switch playing it handheld definitely made me think about going out and trying to get an oled because i was like this looks good but it could look a little better i could use a little extra screen real estate on that um, I cannot imagine playing that game with the unattached Joy-Cons. That seems like awful. <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't too bad. Um, I, I, for me, it was out of necessity because I had, uh, I had not packed the Switch yet, mm-hmm. but I had packed, and I had not packed the TV, but I had packed the Entertainment Center, and in the Entertainment Center was my Switch Pro controller. So okay. That's all I. It was either it was handheld or bust. So it was handheld or detached. So I did I did that. But you know I think I think it is difficult to make games like that feel good across all you know three or four different ways that you can operate the switch. Um, and you know I really appreciated the story. You know it, I think there was a lot of talk and speculation and wondering like what do you do after metroid fusion what is this story what what story are they going to tell and i think it was a pretty pretty solid exploration of the post x post metroid you know samus after all of the things that she has done already and and what could be left for her to experience in that universe um besides like hey i'm gonna become the the, the the federation force myself but um you know i i love the story there were some some banger moments and i know we'll get a little more into it into the actual uh metroid dread cast or whatever but sure um i was very i was very pleased i was very thrilled with the game um and yeah that's that's all i can really say about it right now game Thanks. of the year uh, Mike, I want to hear the Mike 2021 Game of the Year. Uh, well, if uh, Mike's 2021 Game of the Year presented to you by Destiny 2, uh, The Witch Queen comes out February 22nd. Don't do now. this. Um, you have a choice. Don't do this. Be better. I, okay, we, real quick, I know we all shit on NFTs all the time, but the second... Bungie says, yo, we got this hot Destiny NFT. Mike is going to get in line and be like, how much? Please. I mean, it's it's the old little kid. It's got to be good looking. I'd consider it. Oh, my God. Mike is like, is that a Hawkmoon NFT? Mm, Girl. I'm not a Hawkmoon. I'm not a Hawkmoon guy. Mm. It was a dead man's tail, though. Or a sleeper. If it was a sleeper simulator. Sleeper simulator NFT. I'm a sleeper man. Oh, it's hard to hit your headshot. I just hit your headshots then. Just crit. Just crit. It, it, just, just land your headshots. That's all you have to do. I'm. Come on. Um, I'm so sorry I put that out into the world. 
my uh, my game of the year. If, uh, should be no surprise if you have listened to the spoiler cast that we did on this uh, between Ray and I. Uh, it is Inscription, and uh, the main I think there's a couple reasons why. Um, I think that a lot of times. Um, you know, I, I, at some point I might tell Josh to remove his headphones to protect tender ears from uh, potentially spoilery things. But I think that there are sometimes a lot of indie games that um, have interesting stories um, that maybe don't have really great gameplay. But I think that the really cool thing about Inscription is, it, is that it has great like table setting and scenery and art and music um, the core mechanic of the uh, of the cards and how it changes over the course of the game just broadly how it changes mm-hmm. uh, sometimes some changes are much bigger than others uh, in ways that are unexpected and very cool um, while also at the same time kind of telling this yeah, you get a little bit of like a Blair Witch style story that's happening in this, the found footage part of it but you're also getting at the same time a kind of a big picture story about how you know specifically about games but I think applies to a lot of things how how like creating something is just like it kind of it can take on a life of its own and that you try to you know that in kind of creating something is you wrangling with all these things that you just want to smash into this one thing and some of these things just don't work together but they have to and sometimes it sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't and what happens when you try to put all these things into the same place at great personal cost to you because you know you either it was either a labor of love that went too far or because your boss you know was not a super great person to work with let's just say it that way yeah yeah. and so it's just a really interesting story broadly about like what the creative process is like and how draining it is like emotionally physically and uh, you know and it's a labor of love is still labor the end of the day, you know what I mean? Like it's a so to have all of these elements just all combined, just you know, I don't think every I don't think it hits the the mark on everything, but it just all of these elements come together to create this really cool experience um, that was already going to be my game of the year uh, when I first played through it, uh, but then they added it an endless mode uh, that has new unlocks and is going to be getting updates going forward in the future. Uh, that's in beta right now, and it's really cool so I've really really enjoyed it and I think Inscription is uh, was you know basically as soon as I finished playing I'm like you know this this has to be my game of the year there's there's no contest so definitely most excellent well gentlemen those are some solid choices excellent choices for the Ray Rapid Fire what games I think should get the most attention in 20.1? The curated, oh, the curated list. Uh huh. For top of the list, that's is fucking brilliant. 
Indie games you should definitely play from 2021. Uh, as Mike noted, Inscription, um, for all the reasons Mike said and more. Um, hell, the Endless Mode in and of itself is well worth your $20, easily. Uh, Deltarune Chapter 2, but only if you've played both Undertale and Deltarune Chapter 1. Uh, Chapter 2 is just more Deltarune, but even funnier. What more can I say? Uh, for the next set of the list is the games you should play if you have a PS5, and I am so sorry if you don't, but you should buy a PS5. <laughs> I saw that Kroger had one today. If you... <laughs> I'm dead serious. I saw that, yeah. And I told you before, like, I remember the olden days where you, you could go to Aldi and get the Sega Genesis. Man, like... think of the think of the fuel points you'd get on that bad boy. Oh, man. You're, you're, you're oh, slamming yeah. down $800 to get Oh, yeah. You are, you are $200 away from a full buck off a gallon at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Back up. Oh, yeah. Um, Ratchet and Clank and Rift in Time. Nothing can adequately describe how much of a triumph this game is just looking at it. And playing it is great because it has many different accessibility options. From Jump, it lets you say, like, do you actually want to have a challenge with this game? Because we could just make it so you never die and you're just having fun shooting stuff. And I tried that mode for just a tiny bit just to see what it's like. Yes. And yeah, it was still fun. Let's go. Uh, yes. you, you could drop down the difficulty. You could pump it all the way up to where like enemies kill you in two hits. It is up to you. And you can remap all the buttons. You can make the text gigantic size if you're having some seeing issues. You can make it so that you don't use the shoulder buttons at all. You just use the face buttons in the controller. It, it, not only is it a beautiful looking game, not only is it a great game to play, but they respect the fact that you should play this game any way you want. And it's funny! It's a hilarious game! Um, next on that list is Final Fantasy VII Integrate Intermission. I know, that's that's a title. That's Tetsuo Nomura for you. Uh, this is where you play as Yuffie and her friend, whose name I won't spoil, but you should play that. And uh, it's good. It's more Final Fantasy VII. It's running on PS5. It's a, it's a different side story. It takes about 10 to 11 hours to beat. Maybe 6 hours if you're actually doing it right. I don't know. It, it's 4K, 60 frames per second, and it has one of the best mini games in the Final Fantasy series. Uh, it's addictive. I liked it. It's the uh, Josh since you oh, played. Oh yeah, the little the battle little, condor little, mission. Little dude. Yes, yeah. Josh. They brought yeah. back Fort Condor and they made it really, really, really good. Like stupid good. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, I. Easily five of my 11 hours playing that game was just playing the Battle Contour. <laughs> oh, I, I, this does not surprise me in the slightest. That's hilarious. It, it's so good. And finally, my game that everyone should play, period, because there's no excuse. Um, everyone should play Metroid Dread. I, Metroid Dread shouldn't exist. The fact that it does is a blessing. And it, it, I, I was happy to play it. I was happy to beat it. I was happy to go through I was happy to see the ending to the Metroid story, as it were. And I, I respect what Mike said, because there are some parts where I got lost, because I'm like, where the fuck am I supposed to go and do? And the first time you go through it, you're like, I don't know, shoot some walls and ceilings and hope for the best. And I know there's that whole... There's that whole big thing where David Jaffe was getting dunked on Twitter for like a month straight. <laughs> 
But but I want to say like Devil's Advocate, the man's not entirely wrong. Like sometimes Metroid just has that thing where it's that like, part where you're supposed to like go to the elevator room and shoot the walls. That's bullshit. I'm sorry. It's so dumb. I mean Metroid Fusion. I wasted like half an hour looking for that. Metroid Fusion. I mean I'm not gonna lie. Thing, pretty much but... as 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 a very big Metroid fan, like literally every single the, the every single room I walk into. Bat, 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 bat. I'm shooting every single wall just to see, just to make sure. Yeah, I, us seasoned Metroid fanboys, we're like, yeah, I know what to do. <laughs> you're just shooting <laughs> everywhere because you never know. And you're hunting for items more than you're hunting for a place to go. But we're in, as I just said, with Ratchet and Clank, a rift in time, we reached a point in gaming where, like, no, that shit is starting I'm not baby. to fly anymore. <laughs> Signpost me. And there's I'm no baby. way to make Metroid Dread easier. Hell, there's no button mapping on Metroid Dread because button remapping is a spoiler. <laughs> As you find out later on, the game uses every single button on the controller. So everyone should play it, but yeah, it, it's kind of a really hard game. I'm not going to lie. It, the game yeah. kicks your ass. I will say Metroid Dread is like, as a, as a Metroid fanboy, it's probably the only game that I'll give like a you know, a Dark Souls-esque pass to being, like, hard. It's like, okay, this one gets it, but everybody else should have, like, a fucking easy, endless dad mode because I need <laughs> Like, I, I would... I just want the option, but the game doesn't give you the option. The game gives you the option once you beat it to make it even harder. And I think it's like, nah, it's okay. I already got kicked in the dick once. <laughs> Maybe don't stomp on them while you're here. Anyways, that's it. That That is the list. Um, Gentlemen, you're over... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I said we did it. Gentlemen, your overall thoughts on gaming in 2021? Did you enjoy it? Did you think it could be better? Did you... Well, this podcast is 30 minutes shorter than last year's Game of the Year, so um, while there were some... You tell me. There were some bangers this year, but also, um, you know, I think we're starting to, we're starting to feel the effects of the delays having and, children and, and having children and covid uh, impacting yeah. you know development and whatnot so you know 2020 we had the benefit of oh lockdown is novel and a lot of the things that are coming out were basically done before that started to happen and now we're starting to see the projects that are dealing with work from home and whatnot and and you know the the things that suffer from that and and the exhaustion that comes from two years in a global pandemic so yeah let's hope 2022 is better 2022 is i'm scared because i don't have the time elden ring comes out next month i'm not ready <laughs> it's exceedingly rude to me specifically that they're like hey witch queen and elden ring are happening like the same week elden ring or like witch or like queen. one week after the other horizon like, on uh, Horizon Dawn Forbidden, Forbidden West. West. Yeah, and there's one more game that's coming out that time frame also. I forget what it is, but it's all Wordle just... Wordle 2. Is it? Yeah, it's Wordle 2. There's a sequel to Wordle. I don't believe you. It's just... Why would you believe... Why would you believe... That's classic... Never mind. But the, the point uh, is that, as Josh was saying, the delays are starting to, like, taper off, and now just 2022 is jam-packed with a bunch of titles that uh i don't know i don't know how people are expected to play some of them yeah i will say at least from a wallet standpoint thank god for game pass um mm. you know that will that will save me a little bit but yeah who's gonna have the time for all this stuff 
I mean, but there's there's some games that came out that uh, you know, we we put time in our in our calendar aside to play. Then reviews came out. You're like, never mind. My weekend just got freed up. I'm looking at you, Battlefield 2042. Battlef yeah, the, the Battlefield. I forgot glory. I played Battlefield this year. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I was looking forward to that game. Can we just say that in June 2021? I mean, if you told me that that beautiful trailer is gonna come out and make one of the biggest gaming flops in the last 10 years, I wouldn't have believed you. I was like, nah, that looks like it's gonna be great, and... No, this is the one where they finally said that they got it. They... Even, you're you're like, even if they do 50% of that, this game's still gonna be great, and then they didn't do that. No. It, it's wild, right? It, damn. M more people are playing Battlefield 1 than are playing Battlefield 2042. Man. Oh, brother. But do you know where you can go to always be satisfied, Ray? <laughs> what a loaded question, but why don't you tell me? Unscriptedgaming.com. You're damn right. You can, you can go there to find links to everything we do on the internet to make sure that as 2022 gets into full swing, you keep up with our thoughts and our opinions on every single thing that comes out. And by every single thing, I mean like the three things that we have time for. So, you know, but you Give us a get, break, come on. We'll do our best, you know. We got, we got movies too, and we got, there's a lot going on. So make sure you are following us at Unscripted Game Podcast on Facebook, at Unscript underscore gaming on Twitter, soundcloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming for the audio versions of all of our podcasts. You can also get us on basically every podcatcher, Google, Stitcher, Apple, everywhere get us in your ears get us in your eyes thank you for listening to unscripted gaming my name is josh uh my name is ray my name is mike and i thought that destiny 2 had a pretty decent year uh i think <laughs> some of the seasonal storytelling was pretty great this year There's peace something cool uh things to say about that it was cool some guns i like that dead man sale it's a great scout rifle it's gonna be top tier next season with those new champion mods um vault of glass coming back that was pretty cool uh, you know, it's the classic, the OG Vex Meta class. He's back, baby. Let's go. Um...